You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Ooh, welcome back to the Oz Network, everybody, as we come to you for another Nip Tuck episode, and we're here to wrap up season four of Nip Tuck. Another wrap up episode. Incredible to think that we are here. We are motoring on. We're past the halfway point. We're getting to the real pointy end of this show and what a season what an absolutely incredible season we've gone through last year well, last year last season we spent our time saying well wait till we get to season four and we'll be helping defend that and here we are at the end and uh not only have we defended it i think we've uh hit it out of the park in terms of really selling what a great season this is so really looking forward here to to going over this what worked what didn't work um and just everything else in between my name is Ben, and the last time that you had a briefcase of money on my desk, I ended up with a Botox shot in my dick. And um, I'm Nick, and uh, I don't think it's appropriate to discuss your jerk-off material over surgery. Damn it. Why do I always get told off by you when I want to do shit? Um, hurts my feelings, <laughs> Nick. Um, yeah, season four of Nip Tuck, uh, ran from September 9, 2006, finished in December 12, 2006. Um, fans really don't like this season. They often think this season is boring, um, that nothing really happens in this season. Um, and I just want to say I think those fans are stupid because I think we've really <laughs> sold this season has been nothing but incredible. Uh, I mean, really, like, after the ups and downs of season three, and what we said was the peak of Nip Tuck in Season 2, uh, did we ever believe that we would have come out of this season? You know, I mean, we you rented two and bought the rest. I bought every single one of them. So between it, we're, uh, we've bought a lot of copies of this season. Yeah, and I think probably um, what I was alluding to at the end of our, our finale episode there was um, that I think the reason that maybe people don't particularly look fondly on this this season is because it, it doesn't have big big moments you know like it doesn't really have the kind of carver reveal or the kind of um you know christian is matt's dad you know don't get me wrong there's some big moments in this in this season for sure but they're probably not big massive standout ones that you remember now i think what the season's got going for it and the reason that we have liked it so much is that it's the most consistent season i think out of all four of them you know like there isn't there isn't really a terrible episode and you know, you might say season one and two don't really have any either, but I would argue that there's a couple that drag there, whereas there isn't really any in this one. It's really consistent storytelling, but potentially it's not one of those seasons where you like, you know, you watch an episode and you're like, I have to watch the next one. And, you know, when you're really living a TV show in real time, um, you want it to be one that, that kind of catches you and you want to keep coming back and, and watching the next episode straight away and potentially that's why people don't think this is such a good season but when you kind of binge watch it the way we have it's it's just so consistent and it's one that all the storylines are really looked after you know you don't feel like they've forgotten anything it, it's just it's it's a well-told well-acted season and i really don't understand how if you're a fan of the show you could not like the season because i think everything that you like about nip tuck is really caught up in this in this whole season really i think it's kind of similar in a way to like lost and bear with me this is a weird comparison but like people complain that lost left so many things unanswered it you know this that and everything else but i will argue with lost if you watch that back to back and binge watch it it makes so much sense and you realize how little they don't answer and i'm not just saying that as a biased point of view from the fact that we're covering it on the show download now via uh, itunes uh it's it really is a case of before we even covered it on the show that you just really notice it um, and I think kind of what you notice in watching this season is just actually said, there's like, 
while there might not necessarily be those absolute standouts, which, again, I might sort of defend with some of them in this episode, but I, I definitely agree with your point. I just think there's really nothing bad that you can really complain about. Like, yeah, okay, I get it. Connor McNamara 2026 happened and people don't like that um, for the most part. Um, but, I mean, other things like you just see how tightly and consistently this show is written with just the bookends that we keep talking about and how it kind of, you know, wraps stuff up and brings stuff back up from season one and doesn't do it with sort of a cheap effect of like, oh, here's that random person from season one that you remember just so we can boost the ratings again, you know what I mean? It's done in an effective manner that works. So... Um, yeah, I just, I think if you think of the word boring, there's just, you know, wait till we get to season six, folks. Like, really wait till we get to season six, because, uh, that is a word that, uh, associates with that season and not season four to me. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, um, we'll, we'll get there when we get there, but, um, there's certainly nothing boring about this. I just think, and we talked about it at the start, you know, that it's a little bit more back to basics, um, after the, the whole Carver storyline, which, you know, was actually a bit of a, an, an epic letdown for me that it just, you know, it wasn't a great storyline in the end. Um, and I think there's there's absolutely nothing to, to dislike here. You know, I think if there's anything you intensely dislike in this season, then I'd really like to know what that is because, you know, you may not be absolutely vibing on it like this is the best thing ever, but everything's very solid here. There's there's really nothing to dislike. So, yeah, I, I, I have to admit it's lost on me what people hate about this, this season. And I, as I've said plenty of times throughout this season, by all means, check out, Google it on YouTube, Google it on YouTube, search for it on YouTube, the the sort of the roundtable uh, discussion that was. It goes for about an hour. I think it's in about seven parts. Um, sort of like Ryan Murphy in the main cast. Um, you know, everyone, I think, except Jolly Richardson is there. Um, and they're all sort of talking about it because it was done just after this season. So, and I think they kind of sell it very, very well. So, um yeah, uh, we're here to kind of uh, help bookend that and summarise it ourselves. And I guess we kind of start off generally by sort of going over the main plot lines um, of this season. I think kind of obviously the, the main focus this season was sort of the, the new era for, for McNamara Troy. We obviously had, uh, you know, Bert and Michelle Landau come in and sort of take a share in the partnership. That kind of brought about a relationship with Michelle and Christian. Then we obviously find out with Michelle that she's sort of involved in this organ uh stealing ring with uh james jacqueline Bissett's character and that also ultimately leads into bringing escobar back which you know i talk up so highly in the fact that we just have this great you know full circle storyline that comes from just a subtle reference in the first season um outside of that obviously kind of with, with family life we sort of have the ultimate demise of julia and sean finally thank the lord it's over um and but that obviously comes with it uh, the birth of connor and sort of the issues that come around uh, you know connor's uh disability and with that sort of the extramarital affairs of julia and and sean uh with both um with marlo and of course monica um, and sort of, we also have Sean's ultimate demise himself, sort of with family life kind of ending for him and sort of the ultimate move, which will go to Los Angeles, which is kind of Christian goes alongside of that with it as well. Uh, and then obviously we have Matt and Kimber sort of, uh, becoming a thing and, uh, getting married and Kimber getting pregnant and Scientology. Um, and you know, a few kind of little side things along that sort of with like Liz and a kidney and sort of her and Alanis Morissette and, um, you know, bits and pieces along there. But uh, I really don't know if I've missed too much there, but they're kind of the main sort of ones that we sort of look at here. So I guess kind of out of those ones, what were what ones that you, you liked, you didn't like, what worked, what didn't work with those? 
Well, there wasn't any that didn't really not work for me. Like, they were all they're all pretty good, and you know, like I think you make the point is that there's one central storyline going on here, and it doesn't particularly all all lock together until you get to that finale, which is what makes it such a cool season. But you know, it, it all comes full circle, and you know that major storyline, which is you know the whole Michelle thing, the James thing, you know, with Escobar, the, the kidney operation thing, you know, like, that's all one big thing. And, um, yeah, I like all of that. It works really well. I think it's, it's, you know, it is really, really well done. Um, you know, the, the Matt and, and Kimber stuff is potentially not as great, but I also think there's some fantastic scenes that have come out of that. And I'm hoping we're going to talk about a couple of them here. So I, I can't not like that. Um, so I think probably out of all of them, the one that, I think is maybe service the least is actually the kind of Connor storyline, which is interesting because it's to me, I thought that was going to be a major part of the season and it actually isn't. Um, but having said that, what we do get in that storyline is great as well. So, you know, I think the, um, the episode where that, you know, they're operating on him as a baby and, you know, we get the flashbacks to Sean is an awesome episode. So, you know, I think that there is, there isn't really anything, there's no kind of fat on this that you want to trim off. And it's interesting because we talked last time about, you know, season three got a bump up to being 16 episodes and um, potentially that, you know, that wasn't good. It felt like there was a couple of episodes that were fillers and, you know, whatever they didn't like about season three, they're fixed here because there's, there's not a single filler episode here at all. Even the, even Conor McNamara 2026, is, that's all been tied into, um, you know, the whole storyline. So there isn't really anything that is superfluous to the storyline, I guess. And the interesting thing too, which I think we've got to note now and kind of moving forward when we look towards season five, is that, um, you know, these, this is the last of the seasons. This really is kind of that short season. Uh, I mean, season five is a 22-episode season. It's kind of your average length of a US TV show. And, yes, I, I realise that people will argue there's part one, there's part two. And, again, we'll talk around that when we talk about season five. And then season six is 19 goddamn long episodes. Um, so, you know, there's that sort of moving forward. So, um yeah, there's, there's really no filler with this. I know people disagree with that entirely with Conor McNamara 2026, but I think we've kind of gone over that enough to kind of really defend it. Um, and when it comes to sort of the main cast of this season, um, you know, you sort of talk about trimming the fat. Uh, we obviously lose uh, more people this season than we gain. Uh, we actually don't gain any main cast this season. Uh, you know, we lose Gina and we lose Quinton as main cast members from the previous season. Uh, and basically, you know, keep our main four of, um, you know, Sean, Christian, Matt, Julia. Uh, you know, Kimber's still there and Liz are still main cast members. So that's it when it comes to this. It still baffles me to this day how Santa Lathan was never a main cast member of this season. So I'm sure there's, there's reasons behind it when it comes to credits and pay and all this sort of stuff. And she probably maybe came down to Santa Lathan just didn't want to commit to a TV show. So she just kind of came as guest appearances. I'm not too sure that's something we'd have to get her on the show or somebody else to kind of explain that to us. But to me, I always think of her as a main cast member of this season. So I'm actually going to lump her into this section now because I don't really think it's fair to put her as a guest cast member when we talk about those separately. So I'm going to break the mould here and include her on the main cast. Uh, who are your, your favourites this season? Your, your, your least favourites? Um, I mean, who worked, who didn't work? Yeah, again, there isn't anything that didn't, that, you know, wasn't super working for me. Um, I think, you know, potentially, although I think she's, she's a good actress, like a surprisingly good actress, you know, I, I didn't really need the Alanis Morissette stuff. It was not something that kind of set the world alight for me. But then having said that, you know, I don't think it was bad either. So, 
yeah, it's it, there isn't really anything to dislike, I suppose. Um, you know, I really like um, Michelle. I think she's a really good addition. I think she works with this cast really well. Um, she just kind of comes in and fits straight away, which is which is great. Um, and you know, I like Bert as well. I think that's that's a good character. Um, and you know, those are kind of your two big main ones. Um, and oh, I was sorry, James as well, which I've forgotten about. Um, you know, I think that they all are good additions, and they feel like they've been there the whole time. That's what's quite interesting is that they all just come in and and join this cast with with absolutely no problems. It's um, yeah, it's, it's pretty pretty intense, really. Well, you kind of jumped ahead a little bit there with some of the guest ones, but I'll get to those in a second. Um, I yeah, I I just. To me, at the end of the day, we're sort of the main ones here. I think, you know, we, we go over enough of sort of the, the main group. I mean, it was great for me that Kimber got some, uh, sorry, that Liz got some more storylines this season with, you know, sort of the kidney stuff and the Alanis Morissette stuff and kind of just the finale where she's obviously got the gun. You know, it's, it's been sort of a while since Liz really has had a storyline. You know, the Kimber stuff was kind of blinking, you miss it, but it's still sort of, you know, good and an interesting element to her character. And to me, again, I just, I just argue Michelle is more of a main cast member of this show ultimately than ever a certain psychologist, psychiatrist was in the first season. You know, so I think kind of it's, it's a travesty to me that, uh, you know, ultimately Sana Lathan never is credited as a main cast member of the show when, uh, that other person is. And I, I probably, and I might need to quickly, uh, look here if I actually look. Okay. So they were both in equally the same amount of episodes, 12 episodes. Uh, for Michelle and the G word. So there you go. Uh, but who was more memorable? I don't know. And who got a better, who actually got written out of the show and just didn't disappear? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just, just to me, this is the Michelle season. Just so good. Santa Lathan, just amazing. She's beautiful. She's a great actress. Everything that comes along with the territory. And the one interesting thing too, which I don't really think we mentioned too much this season, which I think is important to raise kind of moving forward with Jolly Richardson, is that really with her leaving when she did, She's only ever really credited, like, she's never not credited as being a main cast member of this show. But moving forward, she's barely in it. Like, I think maybe there's 10, 15 episodes, if that, that she's actually in. She's, she's rarely in this show moving forward. So it's kind of interesting from this point, kind of, you know, looking from the Connor McNamara 2026 episode onwards, and uh, I might quickly sort of count a few of these episodes that she's in moving forward, because she's really only a credit only at this point. So, um, you know, it's it's not like we're saying goodbye to her, but, uh, you know, oh well, there's less Julia to look forward to. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. And, um, you know, I think it is, um, you know, it's not a huge loss to the show. I think, it, you know, it's really interesting because, you know... Um, her whole story is tied to Sean ultimately, and so you know we're, we're actually not losing a whole a whole bunch by not having her there. I think the show just kind of picks up and carries on. So I think I've got all the Julia I need to be honest. Um, and you know I know I know that I give um, Jolly Richardson a little bit of a hard time for her acting, and you know I want to say that I don't think she's a bad actor. I just think that there's some you know some parts of the show that she doesn't really work well for me. Um, and yeah, I mean I. I you know, it's kind of sad to see her not be a major part of the show going forwards, but also I think that, yeah, it, maybe it was time, and you know, I don't think there's any any need to feel too bad about that. There are 41 episodes left of this show. She's only in 18 of them, so there you go. And she's uh, listed as a main cast member for every single one, so you will always see her name in those credits. She's just not going to be in the majority of them moving forward. I might even go on a limb and say Annie might be in more episodes than her moving forward, but maybe not, because generally where Julia is... 
and he's there too. So, um, yeah, there you go. Uh, but yeah, just quickly on sort of some of those guest ones. I mean, obviously you mentioned, uh, Bert, Larry Hagman. Um, we had, uh, Jacqueline Bissett, obviously as James. I think our main other ones too, because obviously this is a big season with lots of big name stars in it. We obviously had Brooke Shields as Dr. Faith Walper. We had Peter Dinklage, Marlo Sawyer, Rosie O'Donnell, of course, was in a couple episodes, Dawn Budge. Uh, we had Jennifer Hall as Monica Wilder. Uh, we had the esteemed Hedda Grubman back, uh, and kind of her demise sort of there. Ruth Williamson, Alanis Morissette was in it, I think three episodes, was she not? As Poppy, uh, our good friend of the show, Joey Slotnick, uh, was in an episode, Meryl Bobolit, uh, our very good friend as well, Robert Lasado, uh, as Escobar was in a couple of episodes, Jessalyn Kilsey, Gina Russo, and the other ones he kind of credited, which is interesting. Rebecca Metz as Abby Mays, her brief cameo, uh, which, you know, we don't, uh, have Natasha here listed as a recurring cast. Uh, and Josiah, Josiah Henry as Wilbur. So, I mean, outside of the ones, you, you obviously mentioned Bert. I mean, Bert, to me, stand out. Obviously, Larry Hagman, one of the last roles he ever had on television. Uh, you know, I love Brooke Shields. We've gone over how much, you know, I think she was underused. She could have been used a lot more. Jacqueline Bissett, to me, probably the star of those alongside with Peter Dinklage, just because they're just such amazing actors. And, you know, Rosie O'Donnell was a lot of fun. I, you know, whether you like her or not, her character is great, and she will be back. You'll get to see more of Dawn. And, uh, yeah, I already obviously spoke about Alanis Morissette. You know, I think she's a great actress. And special note here to Jennifer Hall as Monica, because I think, you know, the Monica character was a great little character to have and, uh, you know, brought something to the this season. Yeah, I'd actually completely forgotten about the Monica character, which is interesting, because I, I totally agree with you. I think it's a, it's a really good thing. And um, I know I make this comparison a lot, but um, if we go back to, to season three and to the Nikki and Austin storyline, mm. you know, it just kind of... Kind of like this three-episode arc, which is pointless and annoying, and those characters just don't resonate, and you just you can't wait for them to get off your screen. And, you know, Monica's kind of in, what, three to four episodes, whatever it is, and um, just feels like, again, just kind of slots into this cast and, and works really well, does her bit, and then she's gone. And, um, you know, quite often you can, you can have storylines like that, and you think, well, what was the point? We actually didn't really need them. Um, but, but, you know, I think she does bring something. She, she moves the story forward. Um, and, you know, not everybody's going to be there for every episode. So, you know, you do need those kind of, those part time, little bit time actors that kind of come in for a couple of episodes and, and do their thing and then move on. And, um, I, I think she was a really good. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll definitely back you up that, uh, she's one of my favorites, um, alongside obviously James and, and Bert. So, yeah. No, no love for Marlo. No love for Peter Dinklage. Oh yeah, no. I mean, definitely, definitely a good character as well. Um, yeah, it's so funny. Like I think we, we talked about it when he was on there that you know at the time he kind of wasn't known for that much when he was, you know, on on um, Nip Tuck. But since then he's gone on to be you know, a pretty massive character, really. So um, you know, it, it, it's interesting to kind of look at this character who at the time was was almost a bit of a nobody and seeing him before he was super famous it's yeah i think he, he's good and i think he he again is somebody that comes and moves the story forward and you know he's that kind of um the one that really moves the connor storyline forward so he, he's an important person to have for, for that storyline now just we'll obviously get into a sort of our episodes worst best and worst but um just we have sort of the one timers that really kind of like our patients that sort of the episodes are named after really here and maybe a few honorable mentions to ones who didn't quite make the episode title but um I think you know what's interesting is you know sort of you discovered a lot this season so many of these are named after people that we already know um so kind of obviously if we we go through these quickly uh, you know, we've obviously just mentioned Monica Wilder, so kind of we can take her out of the equation. 
Um, you know, we've obviously gone over Rosie O'Donnell. We know who Dawn Budge is. We've, we know who Faith Walper is. We can take her out of the equation. We can take Bert Landau, Larry Hagman out of the equation, Connor McNamara, obviously, uh, you know, baby, I guess, but take that out of the equation. Then we have Liz, Roman Mafia, take her out of the equation, Meryl Bobblehead, Joey Slotney, take him out of the equation, and then Connor McNamara, 2020. So I guess we can kind of put Stark Sands, uh, in the conversation just as a sort of the actor side of things. So if you're looking at the one-timers here that, you know, out of that, we've obviously got a, not that many to choose from generally this season. So we've got Cindy Plum can make you come, uh, Kathleen Turner, uh, Blue Monday played by Angela Little, uh, then we've got to have, uh, Shari Noble played by Melissa Gilbert, then you've got to skip all the way down. And we'll, we'll lump Stark Sands in there, Connor McNamara, 2026, Diana Lube, Catherine Deneuve, Reefa, of course, Charles Hayde, Willie Ward, Ron Lucas, and Gala Galado, Idalas de Leon. Um, I'm just going to chime in and say, you know, I love my Gala Galado. Uh, so, you know, props to her. I think we're both going to be on agreement of Charles Hayde as Reefa was great, such a sort of a great one-time character. I think, I mean, all of these are really kind of, you know, mainly memorable. I mean, Diana LeBay kind of had her sort of elements there. You know, Cindy Plum, obviously, in the very, very first episode. Um, you know, it might really only be sort of what? Shari Noble? That was the, the dog one, wasn't it? Um, with, oh, yes. Yeah, with the, the dog sex. <laughs> so, yeah. like, yeah. maybe she's probably the least memorable out of all of them. I mean, even props to Stark Sands. I mean, I don't know if we really gave him too much credit, but I think he held that character very well, kind of, as, you know, the older Connor. And, uh, you know, Kathleen Turner is always going to be a great no matter what she appears in. And Blue yeah. Monday had big boobs. So um... Yeah, I was just going to point out, I quite like the Blue Monday character. I thought that was really good. Um, one that we kind of have skipped over a little bit is, um, and we should have probably talked about that as, as more of a, recurring guest role was the kind of the faith character with um brooke shields you know um that i you know i think she was really really good um i think you know it would be wrong to kind of talk about her in this guest capacity because she was there for a few episodes um yeah so um in terms of me trying to pick one that i that i really like out of those guest ones it's hard eh? like there there are some really really good ones um um, might be like the Diana Lou Bay story, which I I really enjoyed. I thought that was really good. I thought Reefa was really good as well. So, yeah, it's, it's a hard one to call. I think there's there's some some really interesting ones there. Um, yeah, and, and let's not forget these kind of like the, the small part ones, like the um the girl that that Christian's um, flirting with, you know, that um you know comes in for the boob job in like the second to last episode or whatever it was. It was yeah, just these kind of random ones. So. If I'm being forced to pick one, I'm probably going to go with Diana Lubay is, is going to be my answer there. But, uh, yeah, you're right. It's, it's a hard one to pick. I just also want to, they weren't patients, but I, I liked the mother and daughter from the premiere episode. I thought that was fun. Yes, that was funny. <laughs> In the very first episode. Well, if, we, if we're pointing out um, memorable um, duos on the show, then um, just a shout-out for my favourite henchman as well, who uh, <laughs> you know, are probably not going to get me anywhere else yet. So definitely want to give them um, their, their props. There, there, there literally is like two characters in Grand Theft Auto that look so much like them. I need to find like a screenshot of them. Um, so yeah, but, um, gosh, I mean, I just want to give love to Galagalado. I just, I don't know. It just, I really like that character. It just kind of works so well with Escobar, but, and also to Reefer as well. So, um, yeah, just so many strong ones are uh, in this season. And I guess kind of with, when it comes to, um, 
episodes. Actually, before I get to episodes, quickly, I don't think we really kind of should have mentioned this in our main sort of our, our main cast. We generally also sort of uh, allude to Team Sean, Team Christian. You know, I mean, I guess we're still you know rolling through the motions, but I think this is maybe more of a Sean season. Maybe if you kind of overall look at, I mean, I know Christian had a lot of stuff to do with Michelle and everything, but I don't know. I, I feel Sean had the more meatier stuff with it came to the family dynamic and losing Julia and obviously learning a little bit more about his background and. Yeah, so I, I mean, you know, again, I'm probably always going to be mainly a Team Christian, but I feel this season you mainly are going to be a little bit more Team Sean, perhaps, for the stuff that he had. Yeah, no, I'm definitely going to back you up there. I think this is definitely a good one to showcase, um, you know, um, Dylan Walsh and his acting ability. So I definitely want to give a shout out. Yeah, this is this is a Sean season, and um, I'm unashamedly happy to, to say so. Now, episodes, obviously, this is a difficult one for me. I bought every single one of them. Um, but in terms of just my rankings, of course, I'm going through this ranking them all in order and just, you know, moving them through my list as I go on. So the highest ranking episode I had of this season, uh, was Connor McNamara 2026, which is currently sitting in the third best episode of all time. Um, and then the worst ranked episode I had was actually episode nine, Liz Cruz, which is still at 34th, um, overall. So, um... Yeah, I mean, my standouts, just because they're all in the top five currently, in that top ten, uh, Conor McNamara 2026, obviously, you know how much I love that episode and defend it. I have Reefa next, Galagalado, then Meryl Bobolit and Cindy Plum. So they're kind of my five, and I just think that they all kind of work with each other. I think, you know, Conor McNamara is just a fun sort of episode, a good look into the future, which, you know, take it or leave it how you want to believe it. Reefa, just such a overall great episode with the Christmas side of things. Gala Galado, we talked about that last week, how great it was. Meryl Bobolet, just the tension and everything kind of that came with that, sort of with, you know, the Escobar coming back and, you know, thinking that it's going to be tying up some loose ends and just everything that went along with that. And just the premiere episode, Cindy Plum, like it just, it really sets this season. Like there's just so much to love about what we have in that very first episode. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're sort of my standouts. But, I mean, you know, I'm not going to talk negatively about any of these episodes because I bought every single one of them. So, yeah, I mean, I, every single of this episode to me was just that good. Well, I think probably just the one I want to um, give some love to that you, that you haven't brought up there is um, uh, episode eight, I think it is, is uh, Connor McNamara, the original Connor McNamara, not the not the future one, um, because I think it's just, you know, it's... it's um, beautifully acted and you know and you really get that kind of tension between sean and julia on on that one but um i just think even for the final scene you know where you get the um um george michael you know jesus to a child and and and, um, you know the surgery scene but we also get that really interesting backstory for sean's character and you know that he had the hair lip and things when he was a child um plus that's the one with mrs grubman too so yeah i think there's just there's, there's a lot of really cool stuff in that episode um and yeah it's kind of one of those ones i go back to and i think yeah that that's pretty amazing um yeah I'm, i mean i'm a big fan of the reefer episode too i think it's just it's got almost everything you want in one of these episodes in terms of um you know you've got the um the, the comedy stuff with sean which is really good um and but you've also got some you know, really kind of devastating stuff as well so there's everything to like in, in that episode too um but like you say there isn't a bad one really they're they're all they're all pretty amazing um so it's hard to pick between them and you you you're the runs for those playing at home if i can speak properly here ben uh that you rented uh with liz cruz and Connor mcmara 2026 and from memory like you weren't like oh this is a low rent or anything like that i think you've still very strong rents on both of them so um yeah definitely 
Yeah, yeah. Which I guess really kind of we've got our two main things here, unless, you know, I'm, I'm forgetting anything, Nick, please feel free to jump in. Uh, or there's anything outstanding you want to talk about that we, we're not getting to. But um, we obviously have to rank this season and then ultimately come down to our five moments, which this might be the most difficult one we're going to have out of all of these. Um, but, yeah, ranking, this one's going to be interesting because currently as it stands, uh, we have exactly the same order. We both have season two at number one, season one at number two, and season three at number three. Um, this is going to be fascinating in terms of what we're going to do here because we just talk up season two so goddamn much that this comes around and how much we've ranked it. So I'm going to let you go first here, Nick. Where, where are you going to play season four? Yeah, I mean, this is something I have legitimately struggled with when I've been thinking about what I'm going to do with this one. Um, and there's so many layers to it because, um, you know, like you say, season two, we talked it up. And I think probably for me, one of the interesting things about two is that um, we did talk it up so much. So when we actually went through it, 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 it kind of almost didn't live up to my expectations. But that's that's only because my expectations were so damn high um, that, you know, it wasn't quite as amazing as I thought. It's still amazing. And, um, you know, like for me, when I go back, I think I... Um, I probably was a, was um, not as harsh as I should have been on, on episodes like that Julia McNamara one, which I absolutely hated um, in retrospect. But you know, because it's caught up in such a great season, um, I, I gave it a little bit of a pass there and, and gave it a rent. Um, it, when it comes to this one, I think my comments at the start of the of our discussion here about it being such a, a consistent season without the massive high highs that season two has, um, but potentially not any low lows that season two has as well, which is you know an interesting way to look at it. And so, kind of where does this leave me? Um, Oh, yeah, it's still so hard. I mean, so I think I, I don't think I can put it ahead of two. So I think two still remains at the top of my list, and I think it's an easy one to put three at the end. So, um, you know, I'm and you know, not to get too far ahead of myself, but I don't think five or six are going to be breaking into my top three. So no. I'm probably I'm I'm trying to decide between my silver and bronze medal here, really. And you know, like when I talk about season one, I think it's it's quite a tight tightly wound little package it's everything's delivered um it's really good but one thing i've i've said a couple of times about four is that it does feel a little bit like season one on steroids you know like it's everything you love about season one just kind of amplified and and made even better and i guess if you love season one then you really probably should like season four more if you're not that keen on season one and you're somebody that thinks you know the show doesn't really hit its strides until season two then potentially you don't love four as much as as maybe we do so it's like a coin flip for me, and you know, some days I think it's it's one, and sometimes it's four, taking up that second slot. But and you know, maybe it's the recency bias of having just watched it. But you know, I am actually going to put season four as my second favorite season. Um, you know, I think it, it's it's so consistent. It's such a a good watch. Um, it really deepens these characters, and I think that's probably the difference is that some of that stuff that happens in season one, and I I I, you know, I think about that pilot episode, and you've got that moment where Sean kind of. It's like, maybe I don't want to do this anymore. And he kind of bursts out and you get him like sitting watching the waves. And it's not really that impactful because you don't know who this character is yet. Whereas when he does similar things in season four, you actually do really feel for him. So I guess there's just more investment at this point um, with well-delivered stories, well-acted. So, yeah, I'm going to give it to four. But, you know, I, I reserve the right when we, we kind of wrap this all up right at the very end to um, to maybe put one back up to number two. But for me at the moment, it's season two, then four, then one, and then quite a way back, three. 
Yeah, I think we will look at that. Like when obviously we ultimately do our at the end of season six, we'll do probably a, a, an overall wrap up because we'll obviously have to come up with our top five. Or I think we're going to probably do a top ten moments, just as we've alluded to. I think on our loss and third watch episodes. Um, yeah, this is tricky for me too because I'm not season three will still be fourth, uh, and I'm just going to say straight out season one will be third for me. So it's it's. <sighs> I love season two so much. I said it was one of the most complete seasons of TV out there, and it's just so good. But at the end of the day, I bought every single episode of this season. How can I honestly say that I can rank this below a season where I, you know, I binned an episode in season two, of course. Um, so it's just... <sighs> I, I mean, I, I honestly came into this defending it so much and just wanting to defend it more and more and more. And again, as I said last week, I never went into this thinking I was going to buy every single episode. And I have, and I just, I just, I've just grown such more of a love for this season than I do. And I think I do that every single time I watch it. And I just, I just, I, I can't not put this at number one because I bought every single episode. To me, that shows on paper that's a perfect season in many ways. And I never thought in a million years I would be doing that ahead of season two. So, um, yeah, I, I'm surprising myself here that I'm going to have this at number one. And I'm saying it now that's not going to change unless we change it again in number six. Because five and six are not going to be number one or two, uh, or probably three or probably four. So, <laughs> um, yeah, there you go. I put it at number one. I'm, I'm shocked myself. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I'm not shocked really because I think it is. You know, it is a really, really good season, and it's so underrated. And um, yeah, I mean, it will be interesting to come back at the, at the end, and, and you know, with a little bit of time removed from it. But um, yeah, I think it's part of that is just maybe our expectations weren't quite so high. So yeah, I don't know. I I, I definitely see where you're coming from there. Um, yeah, so no, it's it, it's good that you've kind of made a, a big move there, I guess. Now, big moves aside, it's going to be the tricky part because uh, this part we're going to come up with our top five moments of the season and once we have put them in an order. Now, we've got so many here and again, uh, I'm going to be honest and say that I don't have a lot of them written down because uh, I have sort of moved in between this season. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is, I think, kind of throwing a few out here off the top of my head that I think we were both sort of in agreement. There was the... Uh, the Kimber Christian scene very early on, um, where he sort of approached her about being with Matt. Uh, and then also there was a similar one, obviously, where he sleeps with her and then kind of she kicks him out. Uh, so I kind of think that there's those two there, but I think ultimately we probably couldn't have both of them, so we'd have to choose maybe if, if one of those is to make it. Um, to me, definitely, you know, I'm going to put up the... Um, the bit where Sean gets stoned on the, the cookies with Monica and Escobar vision, like just that, just from the fun and just everything about it, just how good that was. Um, the, the, I, I know I could have mentioned the very first episode, the whole lovers in the air opening of it, you know, when kind of Sean and Christian back and forth are kind of, you know, got the montages there of Christian banging the mum and daughter and Sean banging a pregnant Julia. Um, you know, uh, you know, I'm just going to at least mention the lip syncing one, which I know is not going to make it. Um, gosh, I feel the Jesus to a child scene. You've already mentioned that in this episode. Um, God, I, I, I know there's more. The Wonderwall scene when he has sex with Monica for the first time. Um, 
Yeah. Well, I, if you want me to, I'll, I'll jump in and, and add a couple that I don't think are going to make it, but I did want to bring them up because I think that they are quite good scenes, um, which is Sean as Drunk Santa, I think, is, yes. is fantastic. And it's really funny, but I think when there's so, you know, on a lesser season, this would this might get in there, but I think on such a good season, we probably can't add it in there. But I did want to point out that that is actually a, a really fun scene. Um then I think the other one that that won't make it, but is is quite an interesting kind of brutal scene. Is and I've talked about it a few times just because it kind of shocked me so much. Was um, you know when James picks up that um, that paperweight and just oh, smashes yeah. a shit yeah. out of space. You know that you just kind of don't see that coming. Um, the James suicide scene. Can I just quickly throw that in there? That yeah, that yeah, should no, be I've in the conversation. Yeah, I've got that on my list as well. The other one that I don't think will make it, but I wanted to kind of point it out was the. Um, the kind of Marlowe Sean confrontation where he goes to his apartment and you know, oh, yeah. kind of Sean innocently stands over him and then Marlowe kind of walks up the stepladder and he's standing over him and you know I think that's really good but it's probably not good enough to make this this list. Um, so the ones that I think that um, maybe should be included, uh, if we're talking about the Christian Kimber, I think it has to be the the, the post sex fight. I think that that's just it's so raw and um, intense and you know I think it's really really good. So. Um, I'd, I'd really advocate for that one. Um, you know, I, I always like to make sure we chuck at least one surgery scene in here. And if we're going to go for one this time, I think for me it's the Connor one. Um, you know, I think I think the whole thing of you know we get that awesome song and behind it, but we also get the flashbacks of Sean as a kid. And I think you get a lot of stuff that's you know kind of bonus stuff. I guess it's wrapped up in that one scene. So um, I'd all I'd be all for including that one. Um, yeah, the Monica Escobar um, kind of drug hallucination I think is is a really fun little scene. Um, I don't love it as much as you do, but you know I don't, I don't have a problem with including that one. Um, the one I talked about that's in the in the finale episode, which I really like, which um, I probably don't have your support for, but I did want to bring it up as the um, Sean when he he goes to see Matt and gives him the check, and I think it's just that very subtle acting performance. I think is is really really good. It's you know Dylan Walsh at his at his best. I think he's great when he's being controlled rather than this kind of angry yelling guy. Um, and um, yeah, and then the other one I've got is obviously yeah the Michelle James the final scene with James where she ends up um, shooting herself. I think that's another um, a really good one to include. So those are the ones that are, are kind of I've written down as we've gone through, but um, I'm certainly open to, to anything else that, that you may have thought about in well, the meantime. Yeah, the one I just quickly thought of, um, which is kind of a two-part scene, which I don't know if, you, again, we struggle with this, I think, with the, the whole wedding situation last season, uh, but just the death, Escobar getting shot mixed with him getting oh, sort of yeah, fed yeah, to the sorry, crocodiles. Yeah, no. Yeah, I did have that as well. Sorry, yeah. How did I forget that? Yeah, no, that's. I think that's definitely good because I think that that's also um, a good little, um, you know, kind of full circle moment. So yes, I'm I'm definitely keen to include that in some way. And then the, the absolute final scene is also really good too. I don't. Yeah, think it needs I was to thinking it. that, but yeah, I think yeah. we need something from the finale. Um, but I mean, I as much as I know you're trying to sell that other scene, I I don't know. I feel like the Escobar getting shot one is probably more of one that needs to be there. And I, I'm guessing you kind of would connect that with the getting buried um you know i think kind of that all fits in as one long so it's a very long scene i guess but i mean would you agree that you kind of have them both sort of back to back or would you cut it just before they bury him or oh, would you no, just have the bury scene no i think it's all kind of one like i've written it down as escape death and then the final callback scene you know of, of you know kind of going back to to what we got in the first season so yeah i'm quite happy everything from kind of you know when liz walks up with the with the gun behind him right through to um them disposing of the body all as one scene and i think that that's 
it almost feels like a non-negotiable. I think we kind of have to have that one. It's yeah. um, it's really it's a really important scene, and it's you know if you're looking for that big moment scene, I think that's one that we we really should have. Um, the other one that I would probably advocate really strongly for is probably the Michelle James scene because I think it's you know two of the best kind of um, longer term guest actors. You know, so there's none of the main actors. Um, you know, in terms of the main credited actors in the scene at all. Um, but it's it's absolutely brilliant, and I think that that's something that's quite rare. That you know we are so invested in these characters that we've only just met the season that um, you know we, we want to see that. So yeah, I, that is one I would probably want to include as well. I think where I've got five down here, which I'm going to agree with you, and I think kind of that will be it. the only other one here that I've just kind of remembered, which probably I don't think I can sell you over any of the other scenes because I'm struggling to kind of remove one for this scene is just the final Mrs. Grubman scene where she's on the piano and the surgery. Um, yeah, I mean, Mrs. Grubman stuff is good, but I think again, I think in a, in a lesser season we would probably include that. But it's it's unfortunately just such a good season that it, it's going to be hard to include that one. I think. So the five then that I've got that I think kind of will be this. We just need to come up with an order then because I think these, yeah, probably out of everyone that we've discussed, these are the ones that I'm going to agree with you the most. You're going to agree with me the most. Uh, Christian and Kimba post sex. Uh, Connor surgery scene. Jesus to a child mixing obviously with the flashbacks of Sean. Uh, the Monica Escobar drug hallucination scene, uh, Michelle James and ultimately James' suicide, and Escobar shot then buried at the end. Are we happy with those five? And geez, that was that was um, incredibly easy, really, yeah. wasn't it? Well, I think I think at the end of the day, all the other ones that we're sort of advocating for, I think, kind of these are the ones. I think five of us, we're, we're both well, five scenes, we're both very much on board. And there are probably other ones that we have we're going to think about tomorrow. Like, fuck, we should have included that. But these are five very strong scenes, which I have no problem with at all. I think all the ones we're sort of mentioning, like if this was a personal list of mine, you know, I'm going to have the brighter discontent, disconsent, the fucking lip syncing thing from last week in there. You're going to have the one from last week in there. So, I mean, we're going to have different ones slightly personally, but I think that we can agree in all of these and we've covered it. Well, we've got a finale scene. We've got a great acting scene. We've got a surgery scene. We've got sort of a, you know, a warped scene. And then we've got like a very dramatic sort of, you know, plot twisty scene. So I think kind of we've covered all the bases really, uh, and, you know, I think also what's important with the Michelle James scene is that that's a very season four scene. You know, it's similar to last season. We had the Carver reveal. It's a very season three scene. We had Neighbor scene in season two. Very, you know, season two scene. So I think kind of, you know, it's, it's important also to have a scene at least that you watch that scene, you automatically know that's season four. So that's, I think, kind of what's there. It's just putting these in order. Is there one of these that do you stand out as straight away number one, straight away number five? Because I think if we kind of go from the back to the front or the front to the back, then we can kind of work our way through it. Well, I think I think for me is probably the, the least kind of impactful scene out of all of these is probably the, the Monica Escobar drug scene. You know, like, I think mm-hmm. that should probably be number five. Um, in terms of, of number one... Um, Oh, I, I think probably the Escobar scene is probably where I would be. Sorry, mm-hmm. the Escobar death is probably where I'm going for number one. Um, in between that, I think I'm, I'm fairly negotiable. I mean, I'm. I, 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 I yeah, like I Michelle mean, James' suicide. Well, the James suicide. I like that at number two. I don't know. I just think the way that kind of plays out, it like yeah, yeah. It's just well, such a strong scene, and you sold it so well when you said it's probably the best scene in this entire series that's not featuring one of the main characters. So, yeah. um, I mean, that to me, I think out of the remaining three would be number two for me. I'm happy yeah, with your I'm, one and I'm, five. 
yeah, no, I'm quite happy with that. And then um, I would probably advocate for the, you know, in terms of if we're trying to capture storylines, I think probably the, the Connor one should be number three because, you know, then we've kind of got, more or less, we've got the two big storylines, two to slash three, depending on how you break down the main storyline. We've kind of captured them in our top three scenes because I think the Connor stuff is quite an important part. You know, it kind of, kind of drifts out towards the second half of the season, but the first half of the season is very Connor-heavy. And so I think we should probably try and capture that um, with the scene, and I think that it should probably be in the top three. So I'd be all for including that the the surgery scene as number three. Now we'll go over this, Ed, and I uh, apologies to our listeners that I haven't officially got these confirmed as the episode titles. Um, but uh, number five, we have uh, the Monica Escobar sort of the drug hallucination scene, which was what uh, was that episode four? I want to say. Five? I think it's yeah, I think it's four. Yeah, Sharon Noble. I, I think, think it's Sharon Noble, yeah, from memory. Um number four is the Christian and Kimber. They have sex and then kind of the argument that ensues, which I also want to say is around three or four. Um I'm gonna say it's three is it in the Monica Wilder episode? Uh possibly. Um, we love this season so much. We know the episodes. Uh, number three, the, oh, well, this one's easy. This one's in Connor McNamara. Um, the surgery scene with Connor, Jesus to a child. Very memorable scene, of course, and the flashbacks to Sean's past. Number two, which again, we know this is going to be from Willie Ward. It is the confrontation with James, uh, with Michelle, uh, and James ultimately committing suicide in front of Michelle. And from episode 15, Gala Galado, it is Gala Galado shooting her husband Escobar dead. And the burial scene that follows with them in the Everglades, similar to pilot episode, dear old Escobar is getting eaten by our friend Al the Alligator uh, in the Florida Everglades. Beautiful. Uh, that's our wrap then for season four. Unless you've got anything mainly to add, we can, I guess, preview... Season 5, uh, we didn't really last episode preview the pilot of, uh, well not the pilot, the first episode of Season 5, so I guess overall, um, you know, the first episode I will say is a lot of fun, I think it kind of really sells Season 5 as to what it is, and fun is the key word that you've got to have for Season 5, and I think my my argument for Season 5 in terms of how it's, it's released, I understand for the most part people look at Season 5 as two parts, you'll have Part 1 and Part 2. I think as a show, we're just going to lump it as one season because I think kind of it's you. There is definitely an argument to see the quality when you get to part two that it does dip away, and um, we'll obviously probably talk more about that when we get to that point. But and there also is, of course, the argument the fact that again, similar to season four and five, basically being separated by a year. Season uh, part one of season five and part two of season five are also separated a year. I mean, this is a season that literally started in two thousand and seven and finished in two thousand and nine. Uh, but you've also got to understand there was a writer's strike in between that too. But I think what Season 5 does well is it's fun, it's light, there's just so much more to work with. And to me, it's it's very similar to what Desperate Housewives did, I think, at the end of Season 5, when basically um, the creator of that show, Mark Cherry, was like, how, how am I going to come up with something new for this? What am I going to do? So he basically fast-forwarded five years in time. And was like, okay, the end of season five and season six is a five year time gap. I've got a lot of things to play with, which sounds like an automatically jump the shark moment. It actually really worked. And I think kind of this is an automatic jump the shark moment when you move to a complete other loca- new location. I think it works for the most part because 
you think of plastic surgery, and we talked about this sort of with this being said in Miami early on, that like Los Angeles is really where you're thinking of plastic surgery. So the stuff that you've got to deal with, them setting up a new practice, kind of them trying to find their feet again, you know, them dealing with celebrity and kind of things like that, it's, it's, it's fun. And you look at the things like with the whole hearts and scalpel storyline as kind of an absolute satire of the show itself. We talked about, you know, in Conor McNamara 2026 with sort of the meta Annie moments when they're sort of commentating on themselves. I think Ryan Murphy does this beautifully with the hearts and scalpels, just with subtle little lines about digs at medical shows and kind of just obviously a bunch of criticism that Nip Tuck would get. He's just poking fun at it. And I think it's kind of, it's hilarious the way they do it. And you've got to look at people like Bradley Cooper. Like we talk about Peter Dinklage being a star nowadays and wasn't really a household name when he was on Nip Tuck. Bradley Cooper's an A-lister. I mean, how many times has he been nominated for an Oscar? He is, you know, an absolute you know, Hollywood superstar, one of the, you know, the most highest paid actors in Hollywood today. And this was kind of one of his, you know, first sort of, you know, main roles. And he's amazing. I just, Bradley Cooper is an absolute brilliant person in this season. I love him to bits. Um, and just, there's some fun, fun stuff, but mixed with that, there's some terrible stuff. <laughs> so like, this isn't going to be a season four where I'm just going to be glowing about this season because when we get to that part two of season five, there is some shit that we really have to wade through. So there's one storyline in particular, which I, you think I'm bad about the whole sort of FBI storyline, which I'm sorry for mentioning again. You think I'm bad about that psychiatrist that was in season one. I'm sorry for mentioning that again. I'm not even going to remotely defend the bullshit that we get at the end of Season 5 when it comes to a certain storyline, because that, to me, is the jump-the-shark moment of Nip Tuck, and it just did not recover. Uh, so anyway, that's my rant on Season 5. Um, what do you have to say about Season 5? Well, I think, you know, in, in terms of how well I know this, is that, you know, I was a real fan of Season 1 and 2. I knew them really well. I had definitely seen Season 3, you know, and was very familiar with that. Season four, less familiar, um, and, and then kind of season five and six is kind of where I've watched it once. I've got very, very broad memories of it, but the details are kind of a little bit lost on me. Um, you know, in terms of I've watched a few episodes um, kind of in, in preparation for this already, and there's some, some really good stuff that I'm looking forward to talking about. There's some kind of fun characters. I mean, Eden, I think, is a really fun character oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to. To talking about that, I yes. think it, that's a lot of fun. Um, you know, but I think there is already, I can see, start to see some of the cracks um, that we kind of get and looking forward to seeing exactly when that kind of, you know, breaks into being major problems. I think there is um, real opportunity here for some great storytelling in terms of, you know, these guys who are suddenly, you know, they've gone from being big fish in the smaller pond to now being, you know, small fish in a massive ocean. And there's some really interesting dynamics that we can work with there. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how the, the show handles that. I also think this should actually be the most realistic um, season we've had so far because it's these guys talking about the movie industry and the TV industry. And these guys, you know, these guys know it because they're making a TV show. So if you think these guys are, are good at playing actors, at playing doctors, well, they're probably going to be pretty good at playing actors as well. It, it, it kind of gets very almost um, in, inception like, doesn't it? It's like mm. a, a show with show within a show almost. Um, and I think there's some fun and interesting ways to take it. Um, I'm not convinced that the show makes the most of, of what they've got, you know, that they could have done some even more interesting stuff and, and they kind of pull away from it. Um, and we get into some kind of silly storylines that, yeah, I think it's a real shame that we, we didn't really make the most of this opportunity, but I could be wrong. And, you know, I'm, I'm 
you know, we've got 22 episodes here. I hate 22 episode seasons. I'm somebody that thinks that a good story should be told in kind of 10 to 13 episodes. I'll, I'll see you at 16 um, if you absolutely need it. But any more than that, I think you're wasting my time. Um, you know, I'm not somebody that's all about, about uh, quantity. I'm about quality. And, you know, I, I very rarely see what I like, um, you know, 22 episode seasons. I think that it just doesn't work for me. So, yeah, I'm, I'm you know, I'm really interested to see how many out of those 22 I, I end up, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that out of 22 I can get kind of between maybe 10 to 11 buys um, and hopefully not too many bins. So it's going to be really interesting to see how many I end up with. Yeah, it's just the parallels of this season. We talked about it with season three. There's just so much in this one and, you know, just some of the people in it, like I'm glad, Eden is just, wow, like Annalene, Annalene McCord, who kind of, you know, went on to bigger things afterwards. She's gorgeous. Uh, you know, when we get to like people like Katie Sackhoff being in this season, you know, even sort of Sharon Gless is sort of that Colleen Rose character, who I believe she was nominated for an Emmy for her portrayal. Like, there's the highs and lows of the Colleen storyline that kind of just obscure itself and Oliver Platt and just, you know, Jennifer Coolidge, who I'm a huge fan of and things like that. And there's, there's one episode too I know in this season, which is kind of similar to Connor McNamara 2026, which generally people hate. It's like an episode sort of based on like a reality TV show following them. Um, and I actually, it's just one of these real guilty pleasures of mine that I actually really, really enjoy, which I probably shouldn't because it, you know, it's just an interesting episode. But, um, yeah, this is going to be a very interesting one. And yeah, I, I, I'm not maybe as down on 22 episode seasons as you because I guess I'm kind of probably more used to it because that's the type of shows that I grew up watching. So, you know, I'm used to seasons being long, but I just feel that Nip Tuck struggles to keep its, its consistency over such a long season. Um, yeah, and of course, in the background to all this, which we we haven't mentioned yet, is that you know the writer strike takes time, yeah. takes place in the middle of this, and it's actually even before then. There's quite a big layoff between the end of four and the start of oh, five, yeah. um, and then there's a massive layoff between you know five A and five B. So yeah, I as I mentioned, can, it kind of is a year and a half. This season, like it starts in two thousand seven, ends in two thousand and nine. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You can you can feel that. You can feel the kind of. Um, the disjointed nature of it, that it doesn't feel like, okay, these guys sat down and went, okay, we've got 22 episodes, let's write a, a cohesive story, which it does feel like they did with season four. It does feel like, okay, we've got 16 episodes here, or 15 episodes, sorry. Now, how do we kind of make that, you know, a good story? Here's what's going to happen in each episode that's going to build to the, you know, you don't feel like you get that with, with season five. It feels like it's just chopping and changing, cutting all over the place. And there's kind of obvious reasons for that, you know, with everything that that's going on. But I also kind of feel like you, you can feel maybe, um, and yeah, maybe this is an unfair comment, but you can kind of feel maybe Ryan Murphy's attention is starting to be well, drawn to other Which is a very important thing to note. It was really around season five that Glee did start to take off and he sort of started focusing on Glee. So you can tell. Uh, I mean, he does hand a lot of the reins over to Brad Falchuk, and that's nothing against Brad Falchuk. I mean, he's he's esteemed in his own way, but you can really feel the the limited Ryan Murphy input on this show uh, with a lot of what's happening. And I think also, like you know, things like we talked about it with John Hensley, you know, the the Matt stuff that just really ramps up moving forward and kind of like let's find a new way to just absolutely bash the shit out of this poor kid. So get ready for lots of hashtag poor mats moving forward in the last two seasons because this is where really shit starts to hit the fan for poor Matt. But um, that's season five. We'll be back next week, and that will, of course, be the premiere episode of season five, Carly Summers, 
and uh, we look forward to that. We're not going to take uh, a good uh, 10 months off like they did between these episodes, <laughs> but uh, we'll see how we uh, go with that. But uh, we appreciate everybody tuning in, and what a way to wrap up Season 4. Such a great season. I'm kind of sad that we're not going to get to talk about this for a while, at least for the uh, ultimate wrap-up again of uh, Nip Tuck, but it's been a blast. It's been fun. Uh, and I really appreciate everybody uh, joining us uh, for these recaps. My name is Ben, and I am leaving because of my feminist guilt. And uh, I've been Nick, and uh, goodbye, ladies. It's been swell. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.